0: Welcome to the Small Business Tax Savings Podcast, your weekly dose of accounting and tax tips specific to small business owners. You'll be on your way to growing your business and paying the least amount in taxes as legally possible. Here's your host, Mike Jezoshek, CPA. Welcome back to another episode. We are starting a three-episode mini series on some legal things that you need to be aware of. And as part of that, We have Andrea Sager with a legal preneur on to talk about that. Now, today's topic is do you need an LLC for your business? And I think this one is I'm really excited about because it's something we talk a lot about with our clients. And we always say, hey, clients, go, you know, we'll talk about the tax piece, but go talk to your attorney about the LLC piece. So, this is an opportunity to bring an attorney on to actually talk about this piece. So, Andrea, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to break this down because I I have the same issues with clients. They want to talk about taxes with me. I'm like, hey, I just know enough to tell you go talk to your accountant.
0: Yeah, it's funny because we you you always have this area where you know I I know enough about all seems to be dangerous, but I also am not authorized to be able to just openly speak on this. Yep. So it's always like, okay, here's what I see our clients doing, but go talk to your attorney to talk about it. So let, let's kind of dig into that. You know. Do you need an LLC for your business? And, and let's kind of start that conversation about when an LLC makes sense, why it might make sense and and kind of go from there.
1: Yeah. So I am a firm, firm believer that you need to have an LLC as soon as possible. There are a lot of accountants out there that want to say, oh, wait until you're making X number of dollars. That's because they correlate it exclusively with the S-corp election. But it's actually not the case. And the LLC stands for Limited Liability Company, and that is to limit your personal liability from the debts of your company. You want that protection as soon as possible. You don't want to wait until you're making $100,000 or whatever that magic number is. You want that LLC from day one because... Anything that happens before you're an LLC, you do not get the LLC protection for. So remember that the LLC protects you personally from the debts of your company. So they, if you're not an LLC and you accidentally do something in your business that causes you to get sued, they can come after your house, your car, your personal assets, anything that you own personally. However, if you are an LLC and you get sued, and I, I always say for something that accidentally happens because we're not we're not out here doing things on purpose most of the time, to get sued. So, And I really just want to harp on the fact that normally it's what happens on accident. We're not doing things purposely. It's just we didn't have the education we needed to know any better. And even though you are ignorant around the fact, ignorant is no defense. So Mm. you have to make sure you're protecting yourself. And what I like to illustrate for clients is, look, today may be day one in your business. And you hear, because if you go to any Facebook group and you ask the question, "Oh, should I be an LLC or a sole proprietor or an S corp?" or you know, you ask the question, you see all the questions, you get a million different answers from a million different people. But I'm here to tell you, you want to be an LLC from day one, because let's let's say you did hear from somewhere, "Oh, wait, so you're making eighty thousand a year, a hundred thousand a year to be an LLC." So you're like, okay, great, I'll wait. Well. Let's say you're on TikTok and you blow up overnight. And so day two, you are making that $100,000 a year. And then day three, you remember, oh, I'm making this money. Let me go file that LLC. Well, unbeknownst to you, you accidentally did something on day one or day two when you were not an LLC. And you don't you don't remember. You didn't even know you did anything wrong. And then day 100 comes along and you get sued. And now you have a lot more assets in your business and personally. Maybe that's what they were waiting for, for you to have more assets to come around with the lawsuit. And you get sued and you're like, okay, this sucks, but at least I'm an LLC. Well, guess what? You, even though you're an LLC at the time of the lawsuit, you were not an LLC at the time the act happened. So you don't get that LLC protection. That's why you want to be an LLC as soon as possible.
0: Yeah, I love that. You know, one thing to you is that you know, I always encourage clients to become the LLC early from a tax standpoint, too. And you're right. Like they might not be a great S-corp candidate right out the gates, but you never know when that might that opportunity might might arise. And so we had a lot of clients that come to us, they're sole proprietorships, their business is starting to turn, they're doing really good. And all of a sudden it's June and they're like, hey, you know, I just pulled in 100,000 so far this year. Expect that to continue. What can we do for tax savings? And we're like, well, you know, there's a lot of things that we can do. The S corp is out of the way, is is out the window at least for this first part of the year. We can't do an S corporation when you don't have any type of entity structure set up. So I love that you kind of mentioned that not only from a legal standpoint, but I also love it from a tax standpoint too. Is that you have your kind of ducks in a row. So whenever that time does make sense to go S corp, if it makes sense for you, it's set up and it's ready, and you just make that election and you're moving forward with it. Now let's talk about you know what are some of the reasons of people, you know why would someone say. I don't want to do an LLC right away or or what would be kind of the, the drawbacks for that? And what are some of the ways that you got to combat that and say, well, here's why it makes sense, you know, outside of just the protection and everything else from it?
1: Well, the number one thing that I get is, well, I'm too small. Nobody knows about me or even a lot of people think, well, I'm not making money yet in my business. And the thing is, even if you haven't brought a dime into your business, you've probably already done things for your business. You've probably entered into contracts. If you're posting on social media, if you have a website, you're building buzz for your business, you've already done things that could potentially lead to litigation in the future. This could be trademarks, copyrights, all that infringement, which we'll get into at one of the episodes. But all the things that you're doing before you even make a dime can cause you to get sued. And another so one of the big reasons that people don't want to file is because of the fees, I get Mm -hmm. it. A lot of people are just starting as a side hustle. They're just starting to try out this little business on the side. And so even a $100 filing fee, that can be a lot of money for a lot of people. But that $100 can take you a very, very long way in protection. I always forget the saying, it's like an ounce of protection is worth pounds of cure or something like that. Mm -hmm. But it's just a little bit of protection can take you a long way. And when you put the protection up front, A lot of people will say, well, I've been in business for 10 years and I've never been sued. It's like, yeah, well, it's not an issue until it is. And the thing is, if you put the protection up front, most likely you're not going to get sued because they're going to see that you're an LLC and they're going to they're going to know, okay, they're an LLC. They're a small business. They probably don't have any assets in the business anyway. And so it's just it's not going to be worth it for them to sue you. So even just having this protection, you're going to see less issues down the road
0: anyway. And I love that. I I, I see a lot of people tell me, you know, when we talk about tax strategies, say, "Well, you know, I know this guy that works down the road. He's got the small business. He's been doing all these crazy things and never got audited." And 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 I always say, "Well, you know, just because he's doing that and he's not getting audited, not getting away with it, doesn't mean that it's not illegal, and not doesn't mean that you wouldn't get audited." And also, you know, just because somebody's doing it doesn't mean that you know that might make sense for them, but it doesn't mean that it also makes sense to you that necessarily. Now, kind of a two main follow-ups I have on this. When people come to us, they're always like, do I start a corporation or do I start an LLC? So when you look at that LLC versus corporation, what is, you know, I'm attending to understand that you probably lean towards the LLC route. What's the reason for that? When would a corporation make sense over an LLC and, and kind of looking into that?
1: Yeah, for the most part, an LLC is the way to go if you're going to be a small business. If you plan on having investors, that's when you want to think about having a corporation. So Legalpreneur, our company, started as an LLC because that was our little side hustle from my law firm. And then we decided to go all in with Legalpreneur and really build that out. Now we have investors. And so once we made that transition from, hey, small business to a true tech startup, now we switch to a corporation because as a corporation, there's basically different layers of ownership in the business. And investors want to have some sort of say in the business without having to manage the day-to-day. That's where your board of directors comes into play. But as far as if there's just a couple of owners, there's not really, quote unquote, just investors, LLC is the way to go. And I I hear people that for this reason or that reason, they want to file a corporation. In very few instances, is it better to file a corporation? For the most part, it's just the corporation is going to cause you to have double maintenance, double fees, double everything involved. So it's... Usually, better for the L- to file an LLC.
0: Makes sense. Now, one uh, one other question too, that as you were kind of talking, I was thinking this other thing that constantly pops up is, where do I organize my LLC? Yes. Yeah, everywhere I look <laughs> online says go to Delaware or go to Wyoming, but I'm here in Wisconsin. You know, where should I organize my LLC?
1: I think you should file in the state that you live because, and this is mainly a tax uh, a tax point because people want to say, oh, I heard I should file in Delaware or Wyoming for tax purposes. Corporations, most companies are actually filed in Delaware. That is because a few reasons. Number one, investors won't have all their companies in one state. Number two, Delaware has favorable laws for businesses, favorable courts. And so most corporations file in Delaware. For an LLC, you still just want to file in the state that you live in because you're a small business. Most likely you're not going to get sued. And there's no tax benefit if you file in another state because you're filing, your LLC doesn't isn't taxed on its own. It's still a pass through. And you can, you can speak to that, but I tell mm-hmm. them there's really no tax savings when you're an LLC if you file in a different state. The only thing that you get there is double maintenance, double fees, because you file in the other state. You still have to file as a foreign entity in the state that you live, the state that you're operating the company. So there's really no benefit when you're a small
0: business. I love that. And that's what we always tell people is that, you know, if your attorney says we need to file in this state, I said that that's fine. Like listen to your attorney. They're gonna know your situation from a legal standpoint better. But I always say from a tax standpoint, you're still a foreign yeah. entity in wherever you're you're operating out of. And so there's still that filing requirement. So, you know, and and most people are just kind of reading different tidbits and TikTok videos yeah. <laughs> hearing and, and not really getting the full context. And you know, there might be situations where a Delaware or Wyoming makes sense for very small amount of people, but for the vast majority of people that, you know, it's it's not relevant to them.
1: My favorite one is California. People want to avoid that California franchise tax. And they're like, can I file in another state? And I'm like, yes. And then you'll have to pay California and that other state. (laughs) The only way to avoid the California franchise tax is to literally move out of California.
0: Yes. Now, uh, one question I have is when we look at LLCs, is just simply setting up the LLC all we need to do for protection? So I open up the LLC with the state, boom, I'm protected.
1: Well, there are ways that the corporate veil could be pierced. So when you file an LLC, that's what they, the legal term is, the corporate veil. So there's this veil of protection over your company, and that's the limited liability portion. but They can pierce the corporate veil. So another, you can basically lose that protection if you do not maintain the requirements of the LLC. The main one is maintaining separate bank accounts. You cannot commingle funds. Once you have an LLC, by law, you have to have a separate business bank account. And that's just to keep funds separate. I mean, you can distribute funds to yourself every single day, but that money that you generate in the business has to go into that business bank account. That's the fastest, quickest way to actually lose the LLC protection is not having that business bank account and commingling funds.
0: Yeah, not to mention from an accounting standpoint, it makes the accounting so much easier. And I also say from an IRS audit standpoint, by separating your business from your personal definitely creates uh, a, a little bit of a audit protection because when the IRS comes in, if they see everything kind of piled together in one, they're going to start to maybe peel back the layers and say okay, this meal is mixed in with other meals. And how do you know which one's business and personal? We're going to mm-hmm. need more documentation. But well, if they see a clean set of books, they might be less interested in really kind of digging into those things. Yeah. A question on that. Like what happens if maybe accidentally we put something on our business bank account that's personal related? Is that a complete? Yeah, yeah. Are we are we now in danger of of piercing that corporate veil, or is there some exception, some leeways, and what kind of processes would you do to offset that?
1: I just tell people to have their accountant reconcile it on their books, and just either have it as an owner's draw, or maybe some kind of if it's a, you're paying for it on a personal card, but it's a business expense. We're just reconcile it. Maybe it's technically a loan for a little bit, or if it's a personal expense on the business account. Uh, owners draw or owners pay. That's what I typically tell mm-hmm. clients just to have your accountant reconcile it. But if it becomes a habit, that's where it could be an issue. But I, I mean, I've been there when I've only had one card or the other. And so I just make sure it's reconciled correctly. Excellent. Now,
0: one final piece to kind of wrap
1: this up. This has been really good information. I think it's just a quick
0: hit items that, are, that is really helpful. What is the process like to set up an LLC? What all needs to be done in that process? Is it just filing some of the state and you're done? Is there different paperwork, contracts, agreements, things like that that need to be put in place?
1: So step number one is going to your state's Secretary of State website and make sure if you want to DIY the process, do it yourself. Go directly to your state's government website, not LegalZoom or InkFile, file, whatever pops up when you Google it and you're going to file a domestic LLC. Domestic is that you live there, you are present in the state. A foreign is when you're filed first in another state, and then you're saying, hey, I'm also operating here. So file the domestic LLC, wait for the approval, should only be a week or two. Then you go to the IRS website, get your EIN, then get your EIN number, those state documents, go to your bank, get your business bank account, and you're good. In there as well, I highly suggest having an operating agreement it's not technically it's not required by law. However, you always want to have an operating agreement because what if something happens to you? What if something happens to a partner? What happens to the business? That's what the operating agreement is for.
0: Thank you so much for for this information. Thanks for coming on. We're going to be doing this again, part one of a, a three-part mini series that we're doing. Next week, we're going to be talking about contracts. The, what type of contracts do you need for your business? And after that, we're going to be talking about trademarks and copyrights for your business. This has all been Super helpful. Andrea, just to kind of let people off for the rest of the week, let us know, what are you up to? What are you doing? Where are some of the things you're going? Where can people find you? And and go from there.
1: Yeah, so I have my own podcast, The Legalpreneur Podcast. I'm on TikTok, YouTube, Instagram. And in January, at the end of January, I have my book coming out, which is Legalpreneur, The Business Owner's Guide to Legally Protecting Your Business. I'm really excited about that.
0: Awesome. Yeah. And, and when I first met Andrea, we were kind of talking about and really they do something very similar to us. They have a podcast, they have a program with access to attorneys and things like that. And so I always say like, we're kind of doing something very similar, just two different two different types of service levels, accounting yeah. and taxes versus legal. So if you like what we're doing here, if you've been a listener for a while, definitely check out the work that Andrea is doing. And I think that you'll find a lot of correlation between the style and uh, ways that you can connect with us. So, Andrea, thanks again. And we'll see you next week when we talk about contracts for your business. Thank you. This has been another episode of the Small Business Tax Savings Podcast. If you enjoy our weekly episodes, please leave a review and share with other business owners. You can find previous episodes and more information at www.taxsavingspodcast.com.